podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly view system deal. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 Daily for this Thursday night. I think it's Thursday. I don't know. It is. It is. It, it is, is Thursday, isn't it, Keith? <clears throat> it is. Yeah, Grizz is still finishing off um, that six pack of donuts. Um, <sighs> he was he was munching on. How are you, Grizz? Yeah, I'm okay now. Good I'm stuff. Good stuff. Whatever you said. Good stuff. Um, listen, this show is brought to you by Paddy Power. A bookie's a website and an app. If you gamble, please gamble responsibly and remember to do so with Paddy Power. Tonight's show is all about one year today. Um, the miracle at Anfield, as some people call it. Uh, what a night. It was absolutely unbelievable from start to finish. We're going to go back a little bit first. We're going to go back a little bit to um, the new camp um, a couple of weeks previous because... Strange game for me. Um, 3 0 is the final score to, to Barcelona, which sets up, of course, this night at Anfield. But it, people say it was never a 3 0 game. It wasn't. Barcelona took their chances and Liverpool didn't. Grizz, just, just, you know, we, we heard throughout that, that campaign, you know, when it came, when Liverpool scraped through the group um, and the, the draw is coming out for over the last 16 and stuff like that. And everyone was, especially coming out of Spain, was we don't want Liverpool um, seen as a massive danger after finishing second in the group. And people wanted to avoid them. No, Barcelona couldn't avoid them when it came to the semi-final. Going into the new Camp Grizz, what were your feelings on it? Because a lot of people still then thought Barcelona are just the best team in Europe and Liverpool have could hit a bit of a roadblock here. Uh, so... So I wasn't, to be honest with you, I wasn't overly um, scared or worried about this tie going into the Barca game because, you know, the build-up to it from a Liverpool fan's point of view is like sort of the option of teams. I can't recall the op- the other options we could have got. Barca are the kind of team that we always sort of 
discuss amongst mates, don't we? That they're the kind of team that we can get at. They're the type kind of team that won't know how to close up a game or play defensively. They're going to have a go at us, and we are renowned to go toe to be able to go toe to toe with any team in world football. So that from that aspect, I was always confident. The most, the most, uh, the most confident thing about the tie was the fact that I was away. I was so convinced we will score a goal, and that was apart from the three goals they scored. That was the shock of the night where we didn't score, and so that's that was the only surprise of the night in terms of, you know, from our point of view. I remember him picking selection-wise. I remember him uh, dropping or rotating. Trent and bringing in Gomez, um, and you know me and you, we def- we definitely don't like Joe Gomez at right back. No, nope. um, uh, and and Cater played as well, but I think he went off in the first half. Is it? Or was it second half? He went off with an injury. I can't recall now. But we've picked a very strong team. Um, you know, we had all the front three available. Um, I recall Fabinho playing. Um, so yeah, it, you know, selection wise was good. Going into it, I wasn't overly worried or we're going to get battered here. I thought even if they win 2-1, you know, that's fine. I was looking for a 1-1. My prediction was a 1-1. But, um, but going into the tie, I wasn't wary of like this Barcelona, you know, myth that, you know, they're the best team in the world because, you know, they weren't the best team in the world at, at that time. Yeah, but the name comes with it. What I mean by that is when people see Barcelona approaching a semi-final of the European Cup, they, they just think, but Barcelona, you know, that kind of way. Um, you know, we Spores and, and Ajax, of course, was your semi-final. And people straight away just made Barcelona massive favourites for this for this tournament. And th- there's no doubt about that. Everyone's seen Barcelona as a clear favourite for the European Cup when it was left with Liverpool, uh, Ajax and Spurs. And because, you know, Liverpool were massively feared around Europe, and rightfully so. They'd been in the final um, the previous season, and they'd scraped out of a group, but they'd, they'd lined themselves up as a second-place team, and everyone wanted to avoid them. Keith, the new camp, the game itself, you know, as I said, and Grizz said there, it ends 3-0. He was surprised we didn't score a goal. We should have scored on the night, though, shouldn't we? We should have, yeah. It was, um, I remember watching that game, and similar to Grizz, I went into it expecting Liverpool to get something out of it, at least to get a goal to bring back in them, whatever else I had confidence. But the game itself, the way it panned out, we played Barca off the park in that game. Barca had to change their system and their shape, Jordan, that, didn't they? They had the I can't remember who, I think they might have had Semedo playing right back and they had to throw Sergio Roberto on just to counter the fact that we were absolutely tearing them apart. And you never see Barca, you know, they don't usually, um, it's certainly not in the new camp, they don't usually get sort of overrun the way we were overrunning them. And the thing with Trent not playing at the time, I thought it was probably the right decision because... Barcelona's threat is down their wings and Trent had sort of been coming, you know, under a bit of pressure from certain wingers, you know, had had caused some trouble. So I thought Gomez might have been the right choice. But Barca on the night showed why they are such a threat because they scored through Suarez in the first half, wasn't it? Uh, Suarez got the first one. But then they took it away from us with the two goals in the second half then. They were quick one after another. And that knocked the stuffing out of us on the night. Right, on the night. We could have gone down 4-0 if Dembele had scored. He, he didn't. 
Well, Keith, you say that it's, stuff, it's uh, it knocked the stuffing out of us, but I still feel even though we went three 0 down, we still had chances in the last. Oh, we did. 20. Yeah, we, we still, did. We still, we still kept persisting. We still should have. I think I remember sort of Milner having an open goal. Uh, definitely Salah having an open goal, I think it was. I can't recall now, but two or three. And you're talking guilt Salah hit chances. The post, Salah hit the post. Yeah. So. Well, and now you're right there, Grace. You're right. We did have chances after that. But what I meant was, you know, at 1 0, right, didn't really have overly an impact on, on the team or the game. 2 0, it's like, right, bit of a kick in the balls. But 3 0 then is like, right. And that sows in a seed. And. I'll be honest, I would have loved to be doing these a year ago because I'll be honest, I still thought Liverpool were going to win, even at 3 0. I thought Liverpool were going to win this. What Barry says there, he says, Messi, he gives the whole game away when he crumbles to his knees when Dembele misses that sitter. Um, it's a fair point. It's a fair point, and we get on to that later because yeah. Liverpool at Anfield are absolutely they're outstanding Barcelona are actually decent on the night at certain, yeah. certain periods but it's it's the facial expressions at certain periods in the game that yeah. is very very telling all the language and all that stuff yeah yeah so so Grace listen we have to we have to lick our wounds um, you know we weren't used to seeing Liverpool lose you know let's be honest about it um, bar the rocky bar the rocky um, group stage you know we're, we're flying we're flying in this tournament and in the league of course we, we lose once in the whole in the whole season but what are you like in the lead up Chris? because I, I've seen like I've seen a brilliant video from the Anfield Rap today looking back on this day and, and there's one piece where one guy says you know what in the lead up to the game 90% was telling me 90% of my mind was telling me no just this, this just can't happen but that little niggling 10% in the back of my mind thought we could actually do this. Were you similar or did you think we'll win the game but we won't get close and we'll probably win 2-1 and, you know, they'll go through quite handy? What what, what, yeah. what way were you in this lead-up? Well, you've got to remember we were still absolutely toe-to-toe with Man City at the time mm-hmm. as well. And if I'm not mistaken, I think we had the Newcastle game away building up to this. Yeah. Yep. And... Absolutely. The ending of the Newcastle game, um, you know, I was euphoric, like sort of Origi scores with five minutes to go or something. And we, but we lose Salah in that game. That's yeah. where we lose Salah. Is that the game where we lose Yeah, Salah? we lose yeah. Salah to a concussion, I think. So, therefore, it's... it's when we, when we, I mean, it, it becomes laughable, isn't it? Sort of how the events were going against us sort of from a couple of weeks before potential double, the greatest double probably ever, you know, in terms of one defeat all season, Champions League going our way. And then suddenly, you know, I'm not going to lie at the time, and, I'm, you know, you definitely know, I was so down. I'm not going to lie. I yep. was. Because we could just see everything disintegrating right before our very eyes this magnificent campaign and i th- um the the leicester man city game is the straight after night. the newcastle game isn't it or the day tuesday. later yeah the, yeah the tuesday night the night before this wasn't it the night, that's right oh, was it the monday so, night we were the tuesday so we we think all right well you know vincent company scores in a once in a lifetime goal puts in the top corner from 30 yards that's realistically our title gone because they've got Brighton on the last day, right? 
Is it Brighton? Yeah, I think they get yeah. the yep. Brighton on the last time. Yeah. Yeah. We're three nil down to, as Gav says, you know, one of the big boys of world football, right? And then we got no Bobby, we got no Mo, we've got, you know, um, all this up against us. We know they, even if they have a bad day, see, they've got this a little genius on their side that doesn't care about how the rest of the team's playing. If you, you know, so wishes to choose to score, he, he does so. More often than not, it just so happens it wasn't against us, but that 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 factor of Lionel Messi was always, always in the back of my head. I thought to myself, I, I really thought we could rile and ruffle up Luis Suarez. I thought we'd manage Coutinho. He wouldn't be able to handle the pressure of coming back. The midfield didn't scare me. Vidal and uh, Rakitic, don't worry me. Busquets' legs didn't worry me. I, if if you if you if you ask me honestly now, I mean hindsight, everyone's saying, oh no, I had a feeling. I didn't have no feeling. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I thought we could score three. I thought we could possibly score four. But I definitely thought, just like us in the first leg, they would definitely score. So you know, going into the game, back to your question, I was very, I was very down. I was like, look, let's just go out with a bang type thing. And sort of, you know, but the season, I could just see the season sort of fall apart right in front of me. If we get knocked out of the Champions League, they've pipped us right on the line in the in the Premier League. I was a bit despondent. Mm. Chris Brack said he was devastated after the Barca loss. He didn't fully enjoy the Origa winner versus Newcastle. He thought we'd win the game. He thought we'd win the game. We were going to end, end the season empty-handed and that was crushing for him. I'd say there was a lot of people like that, um, Keith, because... Like, as much as you can believe in Liverpool and, you know, Anfield and, you know, great European nights, we're coming up against a side that you would have thought was kind of tailor-made to to play against us if we went all out. And what I mean by that is they had enough people that can hold on to the ball, be clever with the ball. Of course, they have Messi that can just rampage past three or four of you, open it up and hit a simple pass to a Suarez or, or a Coutinho or anybody around them. And they could put you to bed, you know, fairly quickly, like... Grizz is, is probably on the on the lines of what most people were at. We could score three, but you could see them probably getting one or two because the game would become so open. You know, like but but just just for you going into it, um like I've asked people there on the chat that they believe. Did you believe or did you think ah, there's a little bit of a chance there? Not so much yeah. not so much mad like full on belief like Andy. Um but did you have was that a little inkling in your head? Yeah, oh, to be honest, I'm more on the Andy side of it, to be totally honest, which is, oh, that's what I mean. Like, I'd have loved him to be doing these a year ago because hindsight's a great thing to be able to say, oh, yeah, I always believed, I always believed. Genuinely, I think, naturally, when it comes to Liverpool, I'm quite optimistic, right? I try to always see the, the positives in these things, and it might sound ridiculous, but... You know, we'd seen big nights at Anfield. We're all old enough. I mean, Grizz stood on the cup for the Senate at the end game. We're all uh, we're all old enough to remember big European game. Yeah, <laughs> we're all old enough to remember the the big European nights. And there's something about, and I know it sounds ridiculous, right? It sounds mystical, mythical stuff, right? But there's something about Anfield and the European night that gives you a chance. Now, the reason I felt confident going into that game, and I did feel confident, was Someone mentioned earlier about Messi's reaction when Dembele didn't score was telling to Barcelona because they went out the previous year to Roma. Yeah. After being 3-0 up. Yeah. 3-1 up, I think. 3-1 up, sorry. Roma yeah. got an away goal, yeah, and that, that sort of gave them the impetus. It, Messi knew 
and Suarez knew and Coutinho knew what was going to come at Anfield. Do you know now what the others may not have, but they knew what Anfield was going to They knew they needed to get as big a lead as they could going into that. And the fact that it was 3-0, it sounds ridiculous, but it wasn't enough for them. Obviously, again, hindsight, it wasn't enough. But I was confident going into that game. Not con- Look, confident is maybe a stupid way of describing it, but I thought we still had a chance. Um, I thought to get out now of it, we needed to do exactly what we what we did in the game. You know, it was um, a ferocity about Liverpool that night. Yeah. The tackling, the pressing. And 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 the and, and like Tommy C says here, remember when fans from other clubs used to tell us that Anfield atmosphere was just a myth. The likes of Old Trafford and Emirates don't come close and never will. You know, there's loads of comments coming in here, like how how Klopp had them had them roiled up for it and believing that you know we can go and do this, like you know, and there's there's talk of we was in the in the dressing room going, you can do this, play but the perfect know, play your perfect game and you will do this because your perfect game can blow anybody away. Go on, Chris. See, I, I agree with that. But what people sometimes forget and sometimes don't appreciate is the opposition we're playing at. And that's why, for me, this is the greatest comeback feat game ever. See, all those things that we talk about, our atmosphere, are usually against teams that have never experienced anything of a big game nature, of the big game hype. We were playing Barcelona here, who have usually (laughs) playing in front of 90, 80,000. They've gone to tough away games in all parts of the world. They're still reeling from, is it the season before you said, or the, yeah, the The season before, right? So it's in Yeah, because we get Rome, we get Rome in the semi the previous season. So it's, it's doubly in their head. And, and you'd think, You'd absolutely nailed on, and you can't, you know, expect anyone not to think this way. But you'd think, ah, oh, but this is Barcelona. They've got all the big boys. Crowds don't play a part with these guys. They know how to handle big crowds, and the, the, the amazing, magical thing about us was that we still managed to beat them we still managed to rattle them we still managed to put so much pressure on these guys and we've all seen the videos since and the clips and the gifs and the memes the barcelona players genuinely don't know what to do they're looking around and they're not looking around at each other this is the beauty of it gav they're looking around at the crowd like is this it is this what you guys do is this what the famous liverpool atmosphere is about they didn't even look at each other. They kind of, one or two might have just sort of come on fist pump. But it was half-heartedly. The atmosphere was so intense, so pressurized, that they literally were sort of looking at the crowd like, okay, so this is Liverpool. We're well, fucked here. Do you know what? Like Dylan says, what Klopp said was, I would say this is impossible because it's you. I believe you can do it. You know, he didn't. I, he wasn't kind of big rallying calls. He did. He did yeah. tell the, the. He did tell the Liverpool fans that we need everyone here tonight. We need Anfield the way it's never been seen before and, and stuff like that. And I think the crowd were amazing. But uh, like watching back back on some of the footage today, like just just getting to the start of the game, like um, I think it was Ella earlier on uh, and Kevin Sullivan were commenting on the side. Like we had no Ox, we had no Lalana, we had no Salah, we had no Firmino. No, um, no Keita, you know, we're going in there with Origi and Shakiri. Shakiri hadn't been seen in I don't know how long, um, bar that free kick at Newcastle uh, days previous. But 
but you go into it and like Kev O'Sullivan earlier on and I, I it just he said it at the wrong time so I couldn't put it up on the screen but he said like not with that lineup. I didn't believe not with that lineup, and that's a very fair comment because we like we would have been going and going. All right, maybe Salah, maybe Mane, maybe Firmino. You know, Ox could do something from midfield, driving and shooting. You know, um, if we need someone to hold the ball late on, Lallana would be a good option. There was so Kate could get in the pockets and do bits, and they, none of them were there. Um, and and we literally went with the lineup we had to go with. But looking at some of the footage earlier, Keith, right, and going like you go back to the Dembele thing, and you're saying, you know. Messi knows he wants that fourth goal. He wants that insurance because he knows what's coming at Anfield. He knows no matter how good these players think they are, Anfield is a different kettle of fish to anywhere they go. And I include all the stadiums of the world in that. I include I include when they go to the Bernabeu in, in a Classico. I you know going to a Belgrade, going to um, teams you in Turkey. It, yeah. you, you name it. Nothing's like Anfield. Just just not. It's and I I seen it was uh, I think it was a Gigi Buffon documentary the other day, and he was saying about going to Anfield and how perfect the place is and you can't hear yourself and you can't talk to people a meter away because they can't hear you because their brains are gone they're looking around going what's going on and if you look at the footage of them coming out just coming out of the tunnel Barcelona don't walk out with their chests out no. 3-0 up look how good we are they walk up with their heads down Yeah, they're they trying their know. best to ignore what's going on here exactly and from before the ball is kicked you're right about the atmosphere there Gav and the difference with Anfield with the Bernabeu with Belgrade with La Bombonera with anything it's not an it's not that it's an intimidating atmosphere for the opposition. It is, but the lift that it gives to the yeah. team yeah. is the difference between a hostile atmosphere and what Anfield on European night does. You know, great so it's not point. just a case of Absolute you know, oh, it's not a case you know whistling and you know throwing things. You know, like Galatasaray was famous for it back in the nineties and all that yeah. was welcome to hell. This isn't that. This is yeah. it does intimidate, not intimidate. But it's about lifting the home team. The home and team. It's all about that. You're right. That's what Absolutely. it does. It gives them an extra 10%. Now, the point about the lineup, I do agree to an extent. But if anything, and I'm now saying this now a year later, if anything has shown, Klopp, the, the, the point of Jürgen Klopp, right, is as a manager, not the point of him, but what, what I see with him is he puts trust in a squad that, Liverpool fans don't agree with and people want rid of such and such and this player and that player. If you're in that Liverpool squad, Jürgen Klopp will have you believing that you're the best player in the world or you're in the top. Maybe, you know, Ben Woodburn, you're the fourth best, uh, whatever position you are. You're just close to this team, you know, which are good enough to be there. Uh, Rian Brewster, if you have to come on in the final, I think you're the second best striker on, in this stadium tonight. You know, you you know, you make them believe that and you'll make them run through the walls. Shakiri's performance that night, he, he, I thought he was good that night. It helped that he had the assist against Newcastle the, the few days before that. It gave him that sort of... Moment, you know, he wasn't totally in from the cold. Mm. Origi, Origi, that was, we'll never see that Origi again for that that season. That that's his pinnacle. He scores the goal in the final. That game is the pinnacle for Divock Origi for me. You know that mm. he was he was excellent. He came in and he done a job. Oh, he bullied Bobby, him. He absolutely oh, yeah. bullied PK. And mm. he done what maybe Bobby and Salah wouldn't have done. You know, mm. Bobby and Salah would have been playing a different game and. You know, look at the criticisms, but you have to be clinical as well in these things. Well, the clinical thing, the, the clinical thing is interesting because I think Origi floats in and out of that game on a massive oh, level. He does. 
you know, he, he he's not seen for a lot of the game. Like I think Shakiri is awful in the first half. Yeah, and at half time we're going. We need something to change here, but obviously the injury to Robertson. But we we get and to that as we go. The options are limited. Yeah, oh, the options are. Agree. Yeah, no, the the option the options were way limited. So even making a change is a, is a massive gamble because what you're looking at on the when bench, I'm like, like Ben Wood, Ben Woodburn is on the bench. People, yeah. have, a couple of people have pointed that out. Exactly. Um, but well, what my point? Sorry, before we move on there, Gav, my yeah. point there is. Would Bobby have been in the position that Origi was in on that first goal? Would Mud Mo? I don't think so. Um, Do you know what I mean? I don't think so. I think um, they're not that type of of player. Whereas he, without giving him too much credit, you know, he's a centre forward being in a centre forward position. Bobby isn't naturally a centre forward and Mo isn't naturally a centre forward. Like he was there to tap that in. And I think we, I'll always say, we struck lightning in a bottle with Divock for that six months of that season. And this, again, was the the culmination was this. He was the right man at the right time, if that makes sense. You know, maybe it doesn't. It's, it's again, hindsight's a wonderful thing. But I just think the team, well, it did. The, the biggest thing that worried me was when Robert went off. Mm. More so than, you know, Bobby and and Salah being missing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well Robertson has just something about him. Like, he's, he's, he's trying to punch Messi in the head and all sorts of messing. Yeah. But, Set like, we... Tone. He still set the tone, but Grizz, when you're going into a game like this, right, you're probably not looking at four goals. You're looking at just get the three back and then we go from there. Not even and, that. You're looking for to get the first goal. No, you're looking for what I'm saying. Yeah, no, no, not even the first goal early. Like, if we'd have went in there and nil all at half time, and say we say Genie scores on 50 and we get one on 80, I'd be, if someone told me that, that we're going to get to 80 minutes and we'd be, you know, 2 0, but we won't get that in the first half, you know. I'd be all right with that. You know, I think not conceding, just, just that was the, the objective. But the early goal is great. Um, it's a ball by Matip that's not a great ball. Um, Mane reads the header from Jordi Alba, gets in, feeds Henderson, who managed to skip through. Should probably score, but um, he's trying to be too careful, I'd say, that early in the game to try to get it on target, and Origi gets in. And is it fair to say, Grizz, that, like, I think it's a definite from the second goal on, but is it fair to say... Barcelona's heads start to go nearly immediately. Yeah, um, yeah, and mm. it was visible. Yeah, they, you know, you, you, even as a team, if you, if you're in that situation, you don't let it become so apparent. With this Barca team, it was so apparent, and it automatically lifted everyone, including the fans and the players. The players saw it. Um, we touched upon sort of the absence of Bobby and the absence of Mo and sort of uh, Shakiri. Shakiri was average to poor in the first half and I thought second half he grew into it and he played simply but effectively. He sort of, you know, his game became more bit, bit more sort of simple. He kept trying to do the simple things and let sort of Trent overlap. But the standout for me in that first half uh, was Fabinho apart from Fabinho but from an attacking point of view was Sadio Mane exactly. he he mm. was everywhere there was he almost had a free role in that first half to go and cause havoc and damage and scare the shit out of them and yes Origi was his physical best got the goal at the right you know right place right time you know Shakiri was anonymous Sadio Mane sort of took on the mantle of being the main man. You know, you could tell Jurgen Klopp had sort of had a 
pep talk with him, sort of, you are my main man this game. You are the king in this game. And you will outshine everyone. And, you know, he was, in the first 45 minutes, I was just sort of totally in awe of his performance. He was everywhere. He didn't just stick out. It was so intelligent. His performance was... St- that was a, 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 a performance of an absolute mature, intelligent striker that can play anywhere among the three uh, the three positions. You know, he swapped with Shaq. He swapped with Origi, his plays. And then he realised he had the guy... Who was the right back? Sergio... Sergio Roberto. Sergio Roberto. He knew he had him on absolute toast. And then for the remainder of the game, he stayed on the left when he realized, okay, so he, he explored every avenues. He saw the strengths, weaknesses, and then he's just sort of saw his prey and he just stayed, you know, stayed waiting for his prey on the left. And, and, you know, I thought his, I thought his performance was magnificent. The, the, the first goal, obviously, you know, that's what exactly what we needed. And then he just, as you said, the, uh, you know, it was exactly what was needed, but the apparent physical drop of the shoulders of the Barca players mm. was further incentive for to keep going. It was it was it was unbelievable. Like Alison gets a mention there, and like somebody else said er- earlier, you know, um, Barcelona's head definitely went at two 0 at one nearly had good opportunities. That's my whole point. You know, they had got good opportunities, and a, and a, a clear headed Barcelona puts them away. And they do, they genuinely do. Coutinho finishes one better that Alisson pushes away. Messi has one that he goes for the near post top corner and Alisson flicks it over. The big one for me is the one where they get in behind and I think it might be Coutinho, instead of taking it down and shooting, tries to head it across to Messi um, when he shouldn't have any business trying to get it to Messi. Messi tries to beat Van Dijk and Van Dijk gets a foot in and I'm looking going, now these are gone because a clear head of Barcelona, Coutinho would have taken that down and shot and probably scored, or he would have taken it down and measured one to Messi where he could hear a fourth time. They were trying to be too precise on what they were doing to make sure of things, and that wasn't working for them whatsoever. Um, Jer Cahill said, Radio 5 Live, he listened to the game. He said he, he couldn't watch, his nerves were gone. Um, where did you watch the game, Keith? I was at home watching it. Um, yeah, so I was in here, and I have to say, it was a very um, emotional game. You know, I don't usually get emotional on games, but... As this was going on, I I had faith we were going to win, but I thought I didn't think we'd have dismantled them the way we did. Mm. Is our right spot on? The big difference, and what annoyed me a lot about this was how they tried to play out that the Spurs comeback was somehow better than this comeback the following night, and it missed the whole point that we were on a tight rope in this game. We were on the away goals tight rope. That meant if they scored one bang, we have to get five. And I fully expected we would have, but it really did change the the way we could sort of look at this game and go into it. And when you have Messi and all playing in a, in a game, in a team, it it just, it can't allow you to relax. I always sat here with the, with the wife that's, and that's watching exactly it, and it, it just they were in and out of the room, and that's it. In me, my wife was so nervous. She's in and out. What's happening? What's happening? Is she a big Liverpool fan? Yeah, they're all Liverpool fans. All right, and, okay. And like the my mad be the same. Like she's I remember in 05 against Chelsea and all like me missus had to leave and go on a walk for the last ten minutes. You know, it's mm. my ma's like that as well. It's such big Liverpool fans, but sometimes it just gets too much. Now I watched it here and when when Jeannie got the the third equalizer, I was gonna say the third goal on the night, um I couldn't believe it. but it was just perfect timing and timing is everything with this game. When we got the fourth, it was just like that's it. 
But I, I didn't want the players to think that was it. To me, that was it. I knew Barcelona where I felt they were cabbage. Someone put it into the, the uh, comments there. Suarez taking so long over kickoffs. Their heads weren't right. They knew they were in trouble. And I was delighted to see Coutinho in that, that lineup because I had no fear of Coutinho coming back to haunt us. He wasn't in great form and I just didn't think... It's similar to Sterling. I don't think he ever... Torres never really done that. Suarez is a slave. I mean, he could have came back and beat us and would have celebrated. Oh, look, yeah, that's what like Suarez is. Don't expect anything different. And I would, I don't like the criticizing them for doing that. You know what I mean? Because I think players should always celebrate, no mm. matter who you score against. Yeah. But You've yeah, done something good. Yeah, celebrate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, and I watched the hero. I usually watch them in the pub, but I was delighted that I watched the hero. I could enjoy it more. You know what I mean? Well, funny enough, Owen Box says he watched the game at home and at halftime, the lads wanted to go to the pub for the second half. I said, you can't go anywhere. Don't move from where you're sitting. Pure superstitious. Yeah. I know where you're. I know where you're going with that. I have. I have superstitions. I have a superstition when Liverpool are in a final. I don't watch the first five minutes, <laughs> and I missed the goal from Salah. Um, I missed. I missed the goal from Salah in Madrid because I was outside because I didn't watch the first five minutes, and I missed. Remember Maldini in 2005. I went outside the pub. I literally. I literally look at me watch, walk outside, and a five minutes later, I don't, I know what you're going to say, um, but. Uh, You've, it's, you've never seen a Liverpool goal, according to you. <laughs> yeah, that's because me and you were in a pub, and every time I went over to smoke, Liverpool scored on four occasions, I think it was. Um, <laughs> it was unbelievable. I watched it in the studio, our own studio, and oh, it was it was mayhem. So basically what happened was, we, I genuinely think we thought the game was on the Wednesday. We just forgot, right? We said, we go down and do that pod on Tuesday night. And then someone said, you'd realise the match. I said, yeah. So we had her on the telly in the in the studio. The telly went went mental. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're watching it on Phil's uh, MacBook, um, sitting on the, on, the, on the desk in the studio. Anyone that's watched the shows that's on the studio, you'll know the studio. So it's sitting there. We're all kind of gathered around. Um, he's, he's tethering his fucking Mac from his phone, right? Whilst at the same time, shouting abuse at this telly that won't work right we thought this was hilarious and it was just after half time so Genie scores to make a 2-0 we're watching it on the MacBook and Phil's still walking away on this thing and then he, when he got the third one I swear to God right the ball comes in and it touches his head and when it touches his head the stream froze right <laughs> and we're all going what happened there what happened there and then about five seconds there it just comes back on and it just catches up with itself and the place has gone fucking berserk. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, we watched that night and we done a podcast after. I can't even remember doing the podcast because it was, it was off the wall. But look, we get, we get the half time and it's 1-0. And I'm thinking, a tear for the taking. Just watching their body language from the beginning throughout the game. They had good, good chances. Alice was really good. Somebody there mentioned the ball. was their heads were just, they weren't in the right frame of mind. They, they were doing things that aren't, you wouldn't associate with Barcelona, especially in the attack and tort. Um, it just didn't seem right for me. Keith, we get into the second half. Obviously, you know, the stories now is that when Alden was not happy, he wasn't starting. Um, Robertson, Robertson gets an injury and struggles through till halftime, but has to come off. Henderson, of course, has a bit an injury during the game and you're thinking, yeah. he could be gone here and he manages to get up and what a game he puts in. Um, 
Kevin Sullivan says you got to dig that pod back out and share it. I did. I shared it earlier on the LFC Day Trippers. Um, I think it's just called The Miracle. It's a Spotify link, but if you go into any of your podcast apps, you'll find them. I, it might, I don't think it went live, but it'll, you'll get it on your podcast apps or Apple Pods or whatever way. But we come out for the second half, so you're looking going, right, there's a left back on. Yeah. One of our midfielders that's been running around like a lunatic now has to go to left back. And when Aldam is on, and we're thinking, right, that's probably the limit to how we can change this game because when you look at the rest of the bench, Keith, as we said, we're limited in options and we're even more limited on the bench. Yeah. But we come out as if we're we're not taking over an answer. We're just simply not taking over an answer, are we? No, we're not. And the thing with Genie was Genie came out and played like someone that wasn't happy that he was dropped. You know, we, he didn't come on and play. Um, you know, he wasn't... He didn't have a strop and he didn't, he wasn't passive or anything. He was aggressive from the minute he came onto the pitch. He was getting into the positions as first goal. He's following into the box, you know. Ter Stegen probably should have saved it, but Genie is in there and the first goal is nice. The header is wonderful. The header is an absolutely brilliant goal and it just gave the team, you know, I suppose this match was all about stages. It was get to half time, don't concede a goal. If you want, if you can get a goal, brilliant. And the second half is don't let them into it and then you have to try and get a second. Get your second and then you can put the foot on the, the atmospheric ramp up. Didn't need that because we got the tour so quickly after the second. You know, it was mm. it was Istanbul all over, you know what I mean? It's it's mm. a few couple of minutes and before you know it, you're you're where you need to be. But the risk then is always still there. The the threat of what Barcelona can do doesn't go away. That um, part is that path that part where we scored two goals in in absolute no time. I think and there's no way of proving it from a scientific point of view, but this is just Grizz's logic. All right. So yeah. bear with me. This should those, be fun. No, no, I'm just saying uh, just how I feel and how I felt. Those two goals that we scored in quick succession, they were totally bamboozled by then. For that next 10, 15 minutes, we controlled a game like we were playing against kids, yet we were playing against absolute world stars. The We always talk about, and obviously we're going to come on to the, the, the quickly taken corner, but the fact that we scored those two goals in quick succession, I think they were still mentally absolutely all over the shop, which... Yeah you know, which showed on the pitch in terms of not basically watching when there's a corner being given against them. They were rattled. The keeper, who's an irate... He's a great keeper. Like, he's he's an absolute keeper. worldie. But we made him just sort of look fucking like, you know, any 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 norm, any any ordinary keeper. Yeah. He was absolutely didn't have a clue. They did. They weren't clear in what even even he was telling the instructions to the sort of normally you see PK rallying the troops. PK didn't yeah. know what to say. He was just waving his hand without anything coming out of his mouth. He was just sort of you know gesturing. They didn't know what to say. They didn't know what advice to give their teammates. They had all talked about this. That this is this possibly could happen at Anfield, yet it was happening in front of their very own eyes. Messi was had his head down. See, Suarez, Suarez wouldn't have had played in that atmosphere ever at Anfield because he hadn't played for us in the Champions League. He had mm. played loads of games for us, etc., and all sorts of occasions, and you know, but nothing like that. Yeah. So he That's was a in a state. Point. Of, 
he was in a state of shock. You know, Messi had, you know, Messi's one the most experienced player on their team and and sort of seen um, and stories and read papers and read journalist reports about and ex-players about Barcelona, uh, Liverpool being this mythical ground. He'd never experienced it. It was the first time he's playing at Anfield, I believe. I don't think he had played at Anfield before. No, it's the first time he's played Liverpool in the boat. I think it was something they said, like something like 10 years or 11 years or something. So they had gone. They had absolutely, those two goals in quick succession, mm. cut a long story short, <laughs> cut a long point, very short. Those two quick goals in very quick succession, I think, um, uh, totally bamboozled them to the point where Trent's corner, to us, it looked, what the fuck are you doing? But I think they were gone by then. They then sort of, once we scored that goal, then they sort of regained a bit of composure for the last couple of minutes and tried to play their way through, which was suicidal again, trying to play through us yeah. by then. But, yeah, the, but the thing is, like, the thing is, if you go, just, just going back to the second goal, right? We're on the attack, it, it comes out, it gets fed out, and he, Trent tries to head it inside and it gets cut out, yeah. and I think Rakitic gets on it, right? Now, a normal Barcelona, Rakitic takes that, gives it to Jordi Alba. Jordi Alba fizzes one back into him. He he he, he tor- He's watching everything. He turns out and he plays out to the right, back and there away. Or he plays it into a Suarez or a Coutinho or a Messi, standing in the gap. Stand- yes. They're, yeah, they're, they're standing in a gap. They t- they're on the half turn and they're away from you. But this is not a clear bar- clear-minded Barcelona. And this is what I keep going back to. We lose it. Okay, Rakitic gets it and actually does well to knock it to Jordi Alba. Now, Jordi Alba, under normal, normal circumstances, he probably just steps inside somebody, or, but he doesn't. He 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 bottles over. He doesn't even go in for a tackle with Trent. He just completely bottles over because he's gone. Trent gets it, fizzes the ball in. The keeper, sh- should he do better? It's very, very close to him. It's probably too close to him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the problem hard. with him. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those, but... Again, the Barcelona stuff, and you see the the heads. You see Messi literally looking far on into the distance, going, "Here we go." He knows Suarez is shaking his head as if we're not going to be able to stop this. Coutinho's gone, forget it. And you can go to all these faces, and when it goes two 0 and they just know what's coming. Now, Chris Brack says there, it's funny how minds play um, tricks on you. Um, I'll put it on the screen there for people again. He says um, the gap between Genie's goal is two minutes, but the in play gap is thirty seconds because it was a mad VAR check to see if Genie gets a red card for taking the ball off Ter Stegen. Ter Stegen jumps in, is in the net. Yeah. When Alden tries to take it off, Malichi goes, just give me the fucking ball. And Ter Stegen's throwing himself around, probably hoping for a delay to calm things yeah. down, you know. But 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 it's but what did he do? Watch, go back and watch what he do. They kick off, right? Mm. They play one pass and they try to chip a pass into midfield, right? Yeah. Now, Barcelona would usually play that around the back, give it back to the keeper, make angles, and literally let's get 20, 30, 40 passes in here. Even if it's our own our own half and just fend these off, they don't. They chip a ball into midfield. Van Dijk wins it. It's played out around the corner for Rigi, who overhits a cross, right? Shakiri gets it. Where are Barcelona? They're nowhere, right? Milner gets it, is able to take three, four, or five touches towards goal to open the angle to give to Shakiri. There's nobody near Shakiri. And when it goes in the box, nobody's jumping. Nobody's jumping for Barcelona. No, but but this is the point they're trying to make. They don't know how to handle it. They're completely and utterly gone. And the, and the reason they're completely utterly gone is is because their main players on the pitch know what's coming. There's well, no leadership there. 
Do you know what I would say there? Messi and Suarez get all. Spark innovation across your federal agency with IT hardware, software, and services from Connection Public Sector Solutions. Your technology procurement challenges will meet their match as Connection's dedicated account managers offer exceptional customer service and our extensive list of supported federal contracts means you'll always get a price that works for your budget. Learn more about innovation for your agency with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fed contracts. The stick for the heads going down. I think Messi had a great game that night, to be totally he honest. He did. He did have a good game, he but he, he knew he couldn't do it on his own. And that was it. He couldn't do it on his own. The two that I felt lower for them, right? You mentioned one there, Jordi Alba, and it came out about Jordi Alba crying in the dressing room at halftime. He knew his head was gone. He was their main playmaker that season. The amount of assists he gave to Messi was through the roof. And Sergio Busquets. Sergio Busquets is the one that gets his foot on the ball, takes it down, calms down the play and gets mm-hmm. Barca moving, right? Yeah. How, how can Liverpool score a goal 30 seconds after scoring exactly. from a Barcelona? But, but not only that, does it, does, like from the middle of the pitch, they end up with a ball in behind yeah. them. Right, like and the ball in behind them, the ball in behind them is actually in the box. The yeah. pass is played from the middle of the pitch, and it ends up behind their defence inside the eighteen-yard box. Right, Heads the cross gone. comes in, and no one goes near it. Nobody closes Milner, nobody closes Shakiri, and nobody jumps with with Wijnaldum. And it go, it's a brilliant header. It's a fucking brilliant yeah. header, and the place goes off the charts. Grizz, yeah. does your mind change then? Does it? Yeah. And what I mean by that is, right, we've got three. Now that we hold on, does your mind change, or do you do you think just keep going at these? Because if we sit back, they may be able, they may be, get a bit confident and maybe able to pull a chance out of somewhere, or do we just keep going for them? Uh, whilst watching that game live, I still never believed. Even at that point, I was yeah. telling everyone, all the family around me, I'm saying, mm. "Messi, look!" Just yeah. everyone was like, everyone was absolutely hyper and all over the place and 3-0 sort of, you know. Um, but I just, in the back of my mind, I, and as I said at the start of the pod, this guy Messi doesn't, he, you can have, you know, it's like it's like one of our front boys. We see it week in, week out. We know Mo can have the shittest game. Looks like a, a player playing in the, in, the, in, the, in the Egyptian third division, right? Uh, and suddenly we know he can just pull something out of the you know out of the hat and turn it for us. Same goes for Sadio. Sadio looks like you know he can't chop a bag of cement sometimes, right? And then suddenly on the turn he'll do something top corner. This guy Messi is a level above our boys. Yeah, I was about no to say that. that. I was about to so say you, that, Chris. So yeah. you got to remember this guy Messi is above. A level, at least a level above anything our boys do mm. week in, week out. And we see our boys in week in, week out. We believe in our boys week in, week out. Yeah. And that's why in the back of my head was like, this, that second 45 minutes was the only thing I've seen close to that since then is the Man United second half at home, where mm. we absolutely terrorized the shit out of them. We were so dominant. We were, you know, you talk about Man, uh, Barcelona in a normal position, what they have done. Well, the reason why they were doing things different is because, pre, pre, to that, uh, for the for the all that game, our midfield was so so energetic in terms of pressing them. The one person we don't talk about often enough in this in the, about this in this game is the role of James Milner, because 
we all talk about the genies and, and the Fabinho tackle and et cetera, et cetera. And Trent, James Milner was an absolute hero in the game. Mm. He played the most unselfish role. And, and it shows because we, we don't talk about it. Yeah. When Robert went off, my heart went. I was like, oh, because we've seen how crucial our fullbacks are. Then my heart dropped again when I realized James Milner, as much as I've just called him a hero, he's going to have to go left back. Yeah. And he's going to have to go left back. And that hinders not only, it possibly enables their winger to get sort of encouragement because Milner is not the quickest, is nearing the end of the game, second half. And also it hinders our attack. So my heart dropped. And if anyone says they didn't, then good luck to them. But my did. Right? I was like proper saddened. I was like proper on a downer by then. And then even when at 3-0, there was a good 20 minutes to go, I believe. Yeah. Good 20, 25 minutes to go. I was just just saying, you know, messy, messy, messy in the back of my head. Because we could talk about the first game. Yeah. Even at 2-0, it would have been fine. But he, he, he scores one of the greatest free kicks in yeah. Champions League. History. It won the goal of the season, the didn't it? Champions League against, all the season last season. Against one of the, against, not one, the best goalkeeper in the world. Yeah. And he's put it in from 35 yards into the top corner. Yeah. This guy is capable of anything. There were a couple of times where they got a free kick on the edge. And, you know, we know yeah. anything can happen. So, look, if you ask me, and I can be all sort of make it up and say, oh, I knew we were going to do it and play all this super fan. I'm not going to do it. I'm telling you straight. I still didn't believe. I was still telling everyone. No, we, we, there's nothing yet. It's nothing yet. And that was the threat. That was the worry was, and it, especially a free kick from Messi. That was the one thing that had me worried. It, Messi taking shots from 25 yards when we had our back four set up the way we did. I wasn't overly worried with that. And I was glad they weren't trying to be too intricate around the box. That would have worried me more if they were, you know, Messi was cutting through us and linking up and getting in behind. That would have really put the, the fear of God into me. But they weren't able to do that. The worry for me was a free kick because the first leg you're spot on there, Grizz, we control that first leg. We said that earlier. And this was a Suarez got the second goal in that or the third. Was it was Messi's free kick? No, Suarez gets the first. Suarez gets the first. Yeah. And but even on the Suarez second goal, that was Messi, wasn't it? In the box, he and he chips it. Does he flick it over and then it comes back and hits? Laden, no, 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 Messi scores the two. No, Messi scores the two. It hits the bar and, and comes back out, and yeah. Messi walks it in. Yeah, yeah. Messi. he's so, the threat, I mean, and he's always the threat. But he, the the thing that worried me was a free kick. That was what worried me. And twenty five to thirty five yards out. But because the head was gone, I think by Messi. It, the one thing about this game that I want to touch on as well, it's the best performance of Shehelsri of seen by Liverpool, and we don't see enough of it. And mm. this was the best. That it would have been. It would have been a big complaint over the years, you know. When you when you yeah. see Liverpool teams being put together, and you know, I always remember famously going back to um, when Paul Ince signs in ninety seven, yeah. and people saying that's the final piece of the jigsaw because he's a he's a bit of a shit house. He'll, yeah. he'll get stuck in. He he knows the dark arts. You know, he's yeah. and it wasn't yeah. and it wasn't. He Paul Ince isn't that player. Simple as that. Um, but. It would have been one of the things where, and I suppose even going through Europe, like even if you look at the final from the year before, you know, we weren't dirty enough. We weren't cute enough in certain areas against Real Madrid. That could be argued against Liverpool, but Liverpool always learn. We, um, Chris Brax says there, luckily we only gave uh, Messi one free kick opportunity. Yeah. But let's get to the, 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 the famous bit, the very, very famous bit. And Grace, just to touch on it, um, you know, I know where you're going with Robertson because I thought Robertson he's he's just brilliant up and down as an outlet up the, up and down the left. I was okay with Milner because I thought 
he's very good positionally if if they're on if they're if they're on top of us. And I think he's 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 quite cute attacking wise if, if we're on the front foot as well. He knows what position to hold and he knows what the fine players. I I get what you're saying though. If they'd have put a Dembele out there and let him run him, run at him, you'd have been worried when when you look at the options that they have. Well, that's if it's messy, they're going to pass him in. All the well, time. well, this is it. But the, the, the lads, this is a thing of it. We had them so bewildered and bamboozled. Not only the players, but the management and the coaches of Barcelona didn't know what to do, didn't know how to react, didn't know what changes to make. Um, as you say, you know, any normal person would have brought out an attacker, one of their speediest lads, and put him out there. I'm not sure if Dembele was available for the second leg. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure he would have been. I don't think he was injured or anything. But, you know, putting out Dembele against a tiring Milner would have been the thing to do. But I don't think they'd done anything of the sort. Um Milner, you know, that was a personal disappointment for a Robbo. Yeah. What I mean. So I was disappointed for Robbo because not only is a wonderful, wonderful player and team player, and, you know, we talk about his engine up and down, but he's also, you know, you talk about the, um, the, the, the cleverness, the, the dirty tricks. He is the king, you know, of, of sort of time wasting, knowing when to slow things down, knowing when to talk to the referee, when not to talk to the referee in players' ears, in people, you know, in, 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 in linesman's ears, you know, I thought the whole package that Robert brings, we would, we would, you know, it would set us back. But time and time and time again, this fella, James Milner, comes and proves the whole fucking world, including me, wrong. Yeah. He was tactically absolutely superb even when he was midfield his job wasn't to get on the ball his job was his job was to harass the shit out of Busquets not let him breathe on the ball and he didn't he absolutely nullified Busquets it's one of the worst games I've seen Busquets play when he goes to left back the guy was absolute class quality in fact he's the one who sort of kills the game in that last 15 minutes if he wasn't um, I think Kevin O'Sullivan is saying that Dembele didn't play. They brought on Semedo. Yeah. Malcolm. Malcolm's the one they brought on Malcolm. to try they to bring on. Yeah, they bring on Semedo and Malcolm, as Kevin O'Sullivan yeah. says there, on the left to try pin Trent back. Yeah. Um, but look, I'm going to be honest with you, lads. It, it goes, it goes through, when it goes 3 0, and I am, and, and it's, I can't even remember what Mina Harigi scores in. It could be late 70s, was it? But. I genuinely, it's a, it's a, it's a 79. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was about 17 or that. Um, but when, when it's 3 0, all right, and Genie scores on late 50s minutes, is it somewhere around there? So yeah, we're looking, we're looking, 56. yeah, yeah, so we're looking 25 minutes really before for Origi scores. Yeah. And in that 25 minutes, I'm looking going, right, we're 3 0 up, it's 3 all in aggregate, we can't concede. I'm already looking towards extra time. Because I had a feeling that, you know, Liverpool, can they keep this up for 90 minutes? Barcelona, as shocked as they are, they may come back into it a little bit, but they may just look to hold on, hold what they have. I'm probably looking to Liverpool's bench going, listen, they've no more options left. We have the better options to, to try win this in extra time. And of course, they get an extra 30 minutes um, for an away goal. Um, a bit like Atletico Madrid going back, um, whatever it is, seven, eight weeks ago. Um, but, I was looking towards that. I really, really was because I thought when this gets, if this gets to 80, 85, you don't want to lose it. You want to win it, but you don't want to risk yourself and, and lose it at the same time. Yeah, um, yeah suck a punch. And then, you know, 85 and, and they yeah. score and you're looking going, there's probably 
injury time included, you've eight minutes and you need to score two. And Barcelona aren't going to make that mistake twice as to what, you know, they're not going to let this slip again. Um, but we get to this goal and I would say, I would say a vast majority key of Liverpool fans don't know what, and I include the people in the ground, don't know what's going on to that ball's in the net. No. And even then, it's the my initial thing is this isn't getting given. This will get called back. And then you see the refs giving it. It's like, oh, oh good luck. Mm. It was such quick thinking. And I think Trent gets all the credit for this. And Origi doesn't get the fair share of the credit for it. Um, to be switched on like that is is a big thing. You know, Trent plays it in there. Origi's ready. He, it's, he fizzes the ball into him. And the, the way he takes the strike on, you know, it's not an easy uh, easy goal to score. Well, since then, have they, any of, have anyone or any of us heard since then if Trent gives him a shout of any sort? Any no, apparently, apparently the thing was, is that Klopp or his staff had noticed that when the ball goes dead, Barcelona sometimes switch off. Yeah, they seem to talk to each other. They seem to be giving instruction, turning away from the ball, giving instruction, yeah. making sure they know where they are. And this had been spotted by whoever within the staff at Liverpool, right? So basically, the idea was do a quick, do things oh, quick, throw ins quick. It, you know, if, if if there's a chance and you think you can get a ball to somebody from a throw in, do it the same from a free kick corner because when the ball goes dead, they seem to feel they can turn and talk to each other. Yeah. I had three different theories on this Origi goal. All were in an hour of a half, right? Um, one I did think it was, wasn't going to be given. I thought it was going to be some sort of, oh, well, you never blew the whistle. I don't think a whistle has to be blown for a corner kick anyway. Um, it doesn't. I know it doesn't because you've seen so many times people putting the ball down and just hitting it quick. Uh, secondly, I thought it was a brilliant piece of skill by, um, or a brilliant spot by Trent and Origi just happened to notice at the last minute and go, oh, fair play. But the third scenario I come up with, and I think I'm right, these boys were doing something. Because if you actually watch it from a wide angle, right? The ball gets played by Trent off, it might be in Jordi Alba, and it goes out for a corner. It hits the hoarding and comes back, right? Yeah. Comes back in, and I'm nearly sure it might be a Rigi that passes it off the pitch. Yeah, and as yeah. he passes it, another ball comes from the ball boy, and somebody yeah. says there, the ball boy, um, you know, gets credit, and he does in, in, in the following days. But if you watch from the wide angle, right? The ball is being given to Trent and just as Origi's walking towards the goal, he just has a quick look and it doesn't look like it's a look at Trent. It's just a quick yeah. look to see, has he got that ball? Should I be in position here? And the minute it's kicked, he's ready. Yeah. You know, and he's actually trying to look, for me, he's trying to look disinterested as to not bring attention on himself. Uh, you know, we're kind of, I'll have a look and I'm kind of walking away, but I'm keeping me eye. And Barcelona don't cop it because if you and going back to the thing about them talking to each other, right? Watch it from behind the goal. Ter Stegen is clapping them and he's looking yeah. over and he's clapping his players and he's telling them he's something. And out, yeah, yeah. He's having a chat, a cup of tea and, and, and PK is trying to walk back towards the goalkeeper to have a word with him, yeah. and that's why PK ends up on the line. Not because of the not because PK shouldn't be in that position. Yeah. All things being equal, he's walking back to talk to Ter Stegen about something. He's clapping his players and looking away from the ball. And you you just see the ball come into shot and Ter Stegen too late realizes. Grizz, it's a fantastic finish because if that happens from a cutback 
from a normal winger just cutting the ball back from the end line and a fella sticks to the top being like that when it's coming across him. You know, it's coming, you know, onto his, his favourite foot from this near side and it has got a bit of whip and a bit of bounce in it. It's a brilliantly controlled finish. Yeah, this guy's this guy's fucking frustrating, isn't he, Gav? Yeah. This guy scores the most, you know, if you look at some of his clutch goals for us, and even some of the, the strikes, final, like he strikes the, the ball over as well. I remember, uh, yeah. I was watching, you know, again, I was watching old Liverpool games. I was watching the game against Southampton in a League Cup a few years ago. Oh, he was outrageous. Yeah. I mean, that him he, and storage got two each or something, was it? He so, scores a hat trick off of, oh, I think it's hat trick yeah. goals off of Brad Smith you cross. See, <laughs> you see, you see his finish against Bournemouth couple of seasons go from the yeah. tightest of angles you see some of the finishes and you think this guy wow what a talent he should be playing through the middle and if you notice a lot of his goals are through the middle his best goals his best games yeah. in my opinion are through the middle you see him in the final from that angle drags it over to on his left on his weaker foot drills it into the bottom corner yeah was the absolutely woeful up till then he was he that was that that cameo was one of the worst cameos I've yeah. seen. I had my, he, you know, he's the reason why he I'm was awful in the Champions League for him. Yeah, absolute, absolute trash. And the but game, then, and the game you speak about, bad for. yeah, but the game you speak about, Grizz, um, where me and you were in the pub in London, um, he plays that day against Newcastle. Do you remember? Firmino was yeah. rested, yeah, and he tried the Origi thing, and he ends up getting injured down on the left wing. Yeah. And he ends up coming off, and Firmino was brilliant when he comes on. Yeah. But it just doesn't work from like that. But this guy, I mean, as you say, this this goal wasn't easy. We take it for granted because we've seen it about a million times, and we think, oh, quick corner. He rolled. He, you know, we've got this sort of uh, image, or if we describe it, we talk about sort of, oh, Trent rolls it into Rigi. No one's looking, and Rigi yeah. swivels and puts it in. No, Trent. Does his usual method and technique of whipping it into him, yeah. but but on but sort of not as, as as sort of the trajectory is different, whereas he normally you know puts it in the air. This one along the floor, one bounce I think it was possibly yeah. one bounce into the and he doesn't hit it on the half volley. He sort of hits it on the way down. He sweeps so, it down, doesn't he? Sweeps it down, and it's an absolute brilliant finish. Yeah. I don't go with your theory, Gav. I you know that's fair enough. You know you're Gav Doyle. You're allowed to have your own theory. That's right. I don't think they planned Strong, it. Strong, confident woman. I don't plan. I don't. I don't think they planned it at all. I think it's the the latter. I, I, you're giving far too much. No, credit. I'm not saying they planned it. What I'm saying is, I know is you mean like the, little, they the, had it not planned it before. Not planned, but the direction from the the direction yeah. to do things quickly. Yeah. It's yeah. not planned, but it's like the two of them at that split second. That information enters their brain at the yeah. same time. It can't and be that's how it happens. one of them. It can't be yeah. just one of them. It had to be two of them. So therefore, Absolutely. it had to I be an instruction. Like, I agree uh, with that. But I've seen um, Origi's interview the other day, literally two days ago, where they talk extensively about that. And he doesn't claim to. He just says, he says, look, I had a feeling because Trent's so forward thinking, quick thinking. And the majority of the praise goes to Trent and I think a lot of this praise has to go back to Klopp and his coaching staff. The amount of freedom and power they've given to a, how old is he? 21-year-old, 20-year-old fullback to try the things he does. Let's minus that. Let's take away that quickly taken corner. The other things this guy has done in his career that have been outrageous and left us sort of just with no words to describe how brave he is on the ball that comes from the coaching staff giving him 
the you know allowing him to express himself however whenever mm-hmm. no way would have a Jose Mourinho player attempted such things that this Trent does or certain other managers this manager on this coaching team behind him truly believe in letting the players do their what they're best at naturally we talk about Trent's deficiencies possibly as a well I talk about his deficiencies sometimes uh, defensively but when he's thinking forward because you've got to remember he's naturally an attacking midfielder he's played his life all his life as an attacking midfielder he only thinks he's got creative ideas in his head when it comes to forward play and this was another example of his creativeness in his mind you know no one's looking back Rigi's happy to look back and you know credit to Rigi it's been an absolute sublime finish but the, 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 the I think rightly so the credit goes to Trent and then you know transcends back to Klopp and his coaching staff the amount of trust and belief they've got in this wonderful kid mm, it's it, look it's it's one of those where for such a young man and already he's 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 a fair bit of experience at this stage in the Liverpool side let's be honest yeah. but you know he's he's still like when you look at him in, in the in the years the, the final pre the year previous in Kiev against Madrid and you can see how highly rated he is. Like Marcelo tries to get down the side of him, and he, he blocks Marcelo out, and he lit- Marcelo's literally hand giving him a handshake and a pat on the back, saying "Well done." You can see how highly rated he is, but he's still like, look, I put it this way: Luis Suarez, Philip Coutinho, and Lionel Messi are on that pitch that night, and they can't handle it. So you, you, it just shows how good Trent is. Now, Grizz, you've spoken about his deficiencies, so boy. Um, I could list them now if you want, but I won't, right? Um, over the over the period he's been in the Liverpool side, I think he's improving all the time, which is something you want to see from a 21, 22-year-old. And if he keeps improving, as somebody said, he could end up being our most decorated player. He probably could, right? Depending on how this Liverpool side progress over the next 10 years, and he stays injury-free, and of course stays at Liverpool, um, which I think he will. But, you know, it's just a brilliant quick bit of thinking. It's a brilliant finish against a side who's literally... It, it, they must have felt like they were after getting a smack of a hammer each wow. across the top of the head because it was all over the shop. But, Keith, you said earlier, um, Chelsea 05, your missus had to go out and go for a walk. Um, how did you deal with the last the last 11 minutes plus injury time? Um, like, it, I was more tense on the Chelsea one. I thought this one, I just... Uh, the difference with this one, it's I not even a doubt. It's not even a doubt. You're right. You're yeah. spot on. I know what the heads. The Go heads on. were gone by Barcelona in this game from very early, and we've all said that. And you know, you can look at a game back and look at the stats on a piece of paper or on a, a screen, and it doesn't tell the story because psychological things happen during games that you know can't be counted for it can't be you know looked at on stats sheets or on on you know recaps you can't explain explain it and barcelona if you look back at the game and you look at everything that surrounds it we spoke about jordi alba like they they released the bleeding inside barcelona of him crying a half time jordi alba is one of their biggest attacking outlets and his head was absolute head gasket was gone in the first half because they couldn't get out and going. So in this game, I've said it a minute ago, messy free kick was the only thing that I was worried about. Everything else, I was like, these, they're not on it. They're not doing it. They worry the messy free kick stand back from the first leg, of course, when he picks one out from 35 yards out of nowhere. That is always a trap. But I, I was fine on this. I'm like, 
we go again. I want to bring up something that me and Grizz were eulogising about earlier that Grizz was going to oh, mention before. He gets enforced. I can't believe it. And you know something, before Keith says this, um, it was mentioned earlier in the WhatsApp group, uh, Grizz made a claim and has completely forgotten it because he was trying to get them donuts into him before we started. So go ahead, Keith, the floor is yours. <laughs> My highlight of the game was when Genie Wijnaldum had the ball in midfield, <laughs> was going back towards his own goal, was giving a jockey back to Busquets and Arthur and just on a drag back, back heel and bang, gone. Sent them for the paper. Still missing in action, the pair of them. And that led, did that lead to uh, another Origi chance? That led yeah. to, no, that led to, um, I think, I, I think it's, I think it's Mane's play down the wing. And, no, I think, I think he's right. I think Origi tries to put Sturridge through. I think Sturridge is on by then. And he does yeah. one there's one where Mane goes down the side and plays it into Henderson and he could probably dummy it and started storage is behind him. And a few, we, we were like it's not like we were on the ropes, we were creating chances there. Mane was our outball all night. From the time yeah. we needed him, Mane was our outball because he had he had the, the but again, had the, again we've talked about Mane, we've talked about all the attacking outlets and everything and how superb they were. I gotta you gotta you gotta remember I mean it's very hard to call out anyone who had didn't have, I mean, everyone had an absolute fucking you don't beat Barcelona 4-0 and anyone having a le- yeah. anyone having a less than an 8 right possibly Shakiri but but he came up trumps as well you know but, so. exactly but there was one guy that I would close I was close to giving a 10 and that was Joel Matip yeah he was great. he was absolutely even in the first leg he was better than Van Dijk right yeah. and even and in the second leg he was masterful Suarez was not going near anywhere near Van Dijk. He thought Matip, I'll get through his legs. Blah blah blah. You know, you know. Suarez loves the little, yeah. the little nutmeg and little yeah, turn and, drop, drop, and, 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 and 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 he's seen or we've seen Matip get riled and sort of frustrated sometimes where he gives all the arms and sort of you yeah. know. But but he was composed. He was magnificent. Even the first goal. Okay, you know, it wasn't the best of passes, but he saw that vision and sight earlier on. I thought Joel Matip was superb. I thought we, and you know, and we often talk about Allison and how good he, how easy he makes things look. I thought every single one of his saves was pretty difficult for any mere mortal keeper. But the fact yeah. that he's Superman, he made them look so simple. Everything looks you, easy, doesn't it? Absolutely. Everything. I mean, some of those chances they had, some of those saves were very awkward and very, yeah. very, very difficult. But he made everything look easy. He made. He made it look as though Barcelona didn't have nothing, but they did. Yeah, yeah I couldn't agree more. He does, and we said that about Alisson before. It, it, the ball sticks to him. You know, balls don't bounce out and, you know, give up second chances. If, you, if you're hitting it at Alisson, it's, it's a save, and that's it. And, it's, you know, it's an easy save, but it, it shouldn't be an easy save. He does it all the time. Uh, another he's player dead. that he, he's unreal. He's absolutely unreal. Uh, another player that I thought was immense. I don't know if we spoke about Jordan Henderson in this game. Jordan Henderson gets injured in the first half, and I thought he was knacked. I thought that was it. Yes, I was. I. And he stares on. He collapsed at the final whistle, <laughs> and the amount that he put into that game. You know, it's one to eleven. I know. Want kids don't know what one to eleven means these days, but you know, the the whole team all went and put a shift in and it was just there was no um like you would say Shakiri was maybe a week or performer but he puts in a, a delicious he grows into the game goal, I think. you know and and he does grow into the game and if you're given if he gets an eight out of ten probably a lowest rank 
ranking player. You know what I mean? Allison's mm. getting sa- match save and saves. Van Dijk and Matip are comfortable all night. Genie, brilliant. Fabinho, brilliant. You know, all of them. But the guys, but the, the thing, I, I mean, I, I don't know if Gav's going to ask us our reactions at the final whistle, whatever. But the, the way, the, you know, when you saw Milner, Henderson, Genie, just exhausted, lying on the floor. Yeah. That was me. I think that was the majority of the fan base, apart from the ones that were at the ground. You know, it would have been I didn't watch. The, I didn't watch the last. <sighs> we are in the studio. We're in the studio, and I. In air, in air, no, no, it was Grant, but in our studio, you kind of come out a door, and then there's another door out to the outside. Yeah. If you know what I mean, um, you'll know it, Keith. Yeah. And I literally stood between the studio door and the external door you know what i mean i literally stood in that gap with the door open um just chain smoking for about nine minutes solid um because i i just thought a bit like Keith said earlier and a bit like grizz said as well um you're just you're just you're waiting on something you're waiting on messy you're waiting on there's always you know you know yourself there's always one big chance there's always one big chance. You know, somebody mentioned earlier there about Fabino saying that um he 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 denies PK nearly at certain goal near the end and then thirty seconds later he's he's throwing himself on the ground under attack of Messi to to completely you know uh, to take the game away from Barcelona. And we end up playing that free kick into the corner and the rest is history. But I was I was just waiting on something to happen. So I literally yellow. yellow from ten minutes. Yeah, well that's that's a massive thing because he gets a yellow um, is that the one where he creams Suarez in a yeah, brilliant, brilliant tackle? Yeah. It's Absolutely. a brilliant tackle. Right in front of the ref as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Owen Bork says there, um, put it on the screen for you. Uh, he says, no no hearts and moments. No, no, no. Start, start again, Gav. Don't be stupid. No hearts and mouth moments with Alisson, except when he's trying to flick the ball over strikers' heads. But that's the thing. If you watch the saves he makes that night, he makes them look relatively simple. But even, but even you know? in terms of nerves, we talk about nerves like Gav was you know, chain smoking like he does. Mm. Um, you know, Keith was fairly confident. I was not confident, but I wasn't nervous. I I, I I had a bad feeling, sort of expectancy not to go yeah. through, if you know what I mean. Mm. So anything else was a bonus. It still doesn't come. Yeah, but when it gets to that stage, Grace, you don't want to kill her in the 92 minute to do it after so much effort. But, but, but in terms of comparison of nerve, Games where the nerves went through the roof. Like I was at the Chelsea game, not the first one, not the Garcia goal, but the, 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 yeah, the penalty where Rafa's sitting there, like, um, yeah. you know, on the Buddha. meditating, like yeah. Buddha on the floor. <laughs> I mean, in terms of nerves, those two games I thought will never, ever come again. I mean, especially the first one. I you think, know, is, that the, is that down to the fact that the, the 2005 one, and, and, and Keith did say earlier, like he was more relaxed than this one. Was that because. 2005 was obviously Garcia goal, and 2007 we're one 0 down from the force. Like I think Joe Cole scores at Stamford Bridge, and Agar scores early for us, and it's yeah. a ding dong battle. And it's a case of it's a, a case of Liverpool aren't overly brilliant in those two. What I mean by as a yeah. team, when I you look agree. at that team, whereas this one you're looking going, we're just deadly. Yeah, we're just fucking deadly. That's you know what I mean? Point, it's an excellent point because as we just spoke about Allison there, like. You know, we went with Dudek and Pepe Reina in the other. Was Reina would have been in the second one, wasn't it? It was Reina yeah. would have been in that second one. Um, not that there's nothing wrong with Reina. Reina was a great keeper when he came to us as well. But I've never had the confidence like I have in Allison. And, you know, this season, unfortunately, he was injured. Stop start for him. But at that stage last season, 
Allison was untouchable and he was he was as big a part of that team, that success that we were going for that season as anyone else. You know, the difference he made was was unreal. And I think that's hard to add it to the we were a much better team last season than we were in 05 and we were in 07. And mm. we were the underdogs. We were the underdogs in this one as well. But but we're scoring four we're scoring yeah. four on this night, whereas we're we're not getting more than one in two thousand and five exactly. and seven. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're looking at it's, it's, it's uh, you're looking at a completely I mean, the, different. The, the main the main thing with regards to all those three games is you've touched upon, but it's the game management of this magnificent team that we're watching now. The game management over that second leg, because you've got to remember, people talk about Istanbul, but the comeback was based on 45 minutes of just sheer sheer madness and then hanging on. Let's be honest, yeah. right? Through extra try and penalties, it was just potluck. It was we were destined to win that. This was controlled, contrived. We meant we meant every single part, and we were and we 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 played the perfect ninety minutes to go through against one of the greatest players, no, the greatest player of all time, and some absolute elite world stars in Luis Suarez, Busquets, etc., etc., Coutinho. We had to play the perfect 90 minutes. We've often heard Klopp say, you know, he spoke to the players and said, just close your eyes and play the best game. Imagine playing the best game. Well, keep you your eyes open because if you run around with your eyes closed, I don't think you're going to win 4 0. No, before the game. Before oh, the game, totally. Yes, yeah, so imagine it. Yeah. Do a bit of praying like you. So yeah. concentrate like Buddha. You yeah. know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you know, focus and imagine playing the best game you've ever played. And that's what each one of them did. And, you know, it was just too much for, you know, an overawed um, Barcelona. And, right. and another point about it before we move on, sorry, Gav. Again, moving back to the psychological effects, when we play Chelsea in 05, you know, they're not, they're not, they haven't been slugged in the gut in that game like Barcelona have been in this one. You know, as mm. you say, we're 4 0 up. You know, we can say what we want, the chance can fall, but they're absolute arses on the floor in that game, whereas the Chelsea in 05 and 07, that's a game still. That's both teams ding-dong. And yeah. Even yeah. thinking you know, about that brings me back. It's something that, that, yeah. That you but the 2007 one, we should have been out of sight. Yeah. We had so many chances. We had the goal disallowed, I think, as well. Uh, we hit the bar. Um, no, the so many. It was. It was most. Oh, it was. Yeah, but it. look, um, looking at this one, and I'm finishing off before we go. People are asking, you know, how did you feel after? What, Grace? What do you do after? Do you just stand there in disbelief and watching the? Look, because are, are you? Are you? Because look, I was in the studio so I was milling around for for show to do but when anything happens like this usually Liverpool like I go back to Dortmund and you see the reaction after the game and I find myself staring at the telly you know like you're looking into the distance yeah. and it's it's not in focus and you just stand there and you're trying to compute in your own mind what's just happened and you're seeing all this footage but I can guarantee you the next day I went back and looked at it all again because I went I can't remember that and I can't remember that you know did, did you get that way or did you just go completely mental and I, I worked no I'm I'm completely not the mental type I'm way too old for that I'll, I'll fracture a fracture a, a boner or something mm. uh, I go completely mental I was totally emotional Gav you know none of us remember any of our messages that, that night you know in the whatsapp group but you know I time and time again I, re I kept repeating to you look this is emotional lads this is emotional I mean I was you look at you know the famous 
you know, where they get in front of the cop and then you never walk alone and the whole mm. club lines up. I'm talking yeah. the whole club. You're not talking. And forget the first 11. The first 11 are the first 11. But you see the likes of Moreno and Mignolet and Camacho. You know, he's the Ward right Bourne. Quarters Davis. Woodburn. Uh, They're all Brewster. there. Quarters They're Davis, Quarters Jones. Quarters Davis, what was he doing? I thought we had to take them on loan. <laughs> yeah. John, Brewster, sorry. Yeah, Brewster, yeah. Curtis Jones. Um, and even the tall centre-back was there. Oh, the young kid. Um, okay, who was at the German club? Oh, oh not, not Phillips, right? So, and 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 every member of the coaching staff standing yeah. there singing word for word, even the foreign lads. You know, when when the main lyric comes in, they join in, they don't know the, the build up to it, but fair play, you know, they still, you know, mimed it. It was emotional to see, yeah, it's a bit like come on, Eileen, <laughs> pretty much. Do you know what but, I mean? But Same basically, yeah, but you know, I was like that, I just wish. I was there, you know, that's the only thing, and just sort of cheering these lads on because they were absolute monsters and, you know, heroes yeah. forever. Heroes for absolute ever. Mm. Exactly. It's it's the emotion is a great way of describing it because I said it 10 times and I know it sounds like bullshit now. I was confident we'd always have won that. I was absolutely numb at the end of it because it's the greatest game we've ever seen. I, it's the greatest, um, the greatest, uh, match experience Istanbul people talk about a great comeback Istanbul we be a good 15 minutes you know what I mean that this was this was unreal from start to finish by Liverpool it was dismantling of one of the best teams in the world it was right and wrong wasn't it yeah it was exactly everything about this was just it was I spent the rest of the night just looking at the interviews that were happening, the videos, the content that had come out from Liverpool. All oh, we didn't sleep. Absolutely it was didn't sleep. Absolutely weird. Adrenaline was pumping. It's And it's the highlight of the season for me. It's more highlight than the than the final. You know, it's... It's just, there's always like, you win a European Cup final and, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk, we'll... We'll talk about the European Cup final and shows somewhere down the road again or when the anniversary comes up because there still won't be football played. So we'll probably do an anniversary show of that. But we manage that final. We get an early goal, we manage it and we score a late goal. But there's always, you know, like even when you, even when you talk about the miracle of Istanbul in the 2005, everyone always picks out, you can pick out Chelsea, you can pick out Juventus at home. You know the kind of way, there's Pan or Olympiacos. There's always something that stands out. You know, and on this run, you, you think of Bayern away, and you know, you think of you think of this Barcelona thing. It was just like I, for minutes after the game, I always remember Ray Dicko was there. He was trying to book flights to Madrid as soon as the final whistle went. Uh, Andy was just fucking over the moon, like big happy heading them, like big happy notions heading them. Um, Phil was still around with the telly. Um, who else was there? I, I was just, in, I was shaking. Yeah. I was shaking, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I was shaking, like even trying to pick up a drink or to have a cigarette, I, I could, my body was shaking. It was the adrenaline going through, it just couldn't be controlled, you know, that kind of way. And we must have taken probably half an hour to 40 minutes after that final whistle went. We usually go live straight away, or, or, or record straight away to get an immediate reaction. Yeah. Um, but we must have taken 30 or 40 minutes, I think. No, it could be wrong, someone probably go, no, we were on straight away, but I, it felt like 30 or 40 minutes just to, but just let it sink in. What? I found it very difficult to talk that night about it. Yeah, 
You know, it was something where you're going, this happened, I've seen it, I can remember most of it, but it's still not, it, it, it still doesn't make sense in my head, you know. Um, let me see, let me see, uh, let me see. Oh, yeah, own book. Uh, he says, and it's, it's a decent thing to finish on. Every player singing, you'll never walk alone in front of the top, in front of the cop. He means all of those players know what it means to the fans. The, the one that stood out for me on that was James Milner, because James Milner goes to the final in Kiev. And I think he believes that that's his last chance to win the European Cup in, 2000, in uh, 2018. Yeah. And then he's back in Madrid and you can see the emotion on his face. You know, he's a 33 year old man who's getting towards the back end of his career where he can come compete at that level on a consistent basis and to see him like that was yeah. um yeah that was that was quite emotional for me because for a fella that's so honest as he's as honest as the day is long and yeah. um, to see him putting that shift in midfield then left back then back into midfield again and be holding the ball in front of the in the in the corner at the cop and be the man last man on the ball when when the when the whistle goes i thought it was quite fitting it was just um it was just it was ridiculous. It was yeah, absolutely well, ridiculous. Hard to, it's hard to describe and it's hard to really quantify the feeling. It is. It is. And that's, that's why well, when I was doing For me, the feeling, was, the, feeling, the feeling for me was absolute emotional. Starving. But, yeah. but, also, but, also, <laughs> but also the fact that I was totally opposite of how I felt before the Barca game in terms of I knew we're champions now. I know anything can happen. I mm. know we're going to be massive favourites and anything can happen in the final when we've been on the sort of, you know, teams have been on the receiving end of when we're underdogs, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But yeah. I knew, I knew we'd won it. Absolutely. Yeah. I was knew that this team will not in any way let this go now. Especially no matter what was happening there. No in the other I knew we were going to play. Ajax. Yeah, I agree with you. It, it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. And it didn't matter how we played. I knew we'd probably play, sh we shit house our way through. I, yeah. Whatever it takes, we will win. And it so turns out we shit house our way through to the the, the, the win. But I knew we were capable of that. Yes. Yeah. And this was the game. Yeah. Obviously, you know, now it's easy to say, but it was. Mentally, I knew we'd won it. And that was part of the emotion. Yeah. You know, trying I agree to explain with you there, to people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I agree. Well, it was touched on, sorry, Gav. It was touched no, on, right. I think you might have said it, that, you know, going into this game, Barca thought they were the red hot favourites and everyone else thought it was Barcelona and the other three are just making up the numbers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And the reality of that was we bet Barcelona and then we're playing Ajax or Spurs. And no disrespect, I was 100%. If he'd have got Ajax in the final, we'd have marmalated Ajax. And people are like, oh, Ajax would have bet you. Ajax were the no, young team. We, we would have, have taken, taken them, them asunder. Dust and we would have absolutely slaughtered them. A great team at the time, but that would have been more of a massacre. Spores. We played Spores perfectly. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't because what we said, what we said to Spores was, we're not going to make this pitch really big and we're not going to let you get the likes of Son in, in gaps and we're not yeah. going to let you get Kane in gaps. And we're, we're going to compact this and we'll sit back and we'll, we, we're will we confident we can stop you from getting in behind us and getting Kane on the ball and then if we need to score, we will. We played them absolutely perfectly. Um, we're going to leave it there. We're an hour and 25 minutes in. Take it um, But look, I done the artwork earlier and, you know, I watched, the, as I said, because I watched the video from the Anvil Rap earlier and uh, Dan Austin is on the on the cop afterwards. And I've seen loads of different things, but this one stood out to me today. And the words out of his mouth when, he, when I heard them, I said, I have to put that in a bit of artwork. I got onto the Anvil Rap and said, listen, he said this in one of your videos. Can I use it? He said, yeah, no problem. Walk away. And the words are um, all of us together. We, we can do things that make no sense. And. 
that that made no sense that night. Did it? Like you know, it's it's one of those things where, listen, you're watching it and a friend walks in that has no interest in football and you try to explain to them what has just happened. It's very hard for you to make sense to them yeah. on that moment. So I, I thought there's no other club that, that does that. And that's no. the thing. They can say they do. There's no other club but they in don't. the world that can do what Liverpool do. They have done it down the years, you know, and right with Klopp, we've done it. We've done it with Dortmund, you know, in Europe or at the UEFA Cup or whatever. But mm. even before to show our history, we've done this. And there's, there's an inbuilt sense of entitlement with Liverpool fans that we we don't we don't give up on these sort of things and, and it gets you through and it's hard to describe. And one last thing I want to touch on before we go, because I know we're running over time. Read any of the interviews from any of the TV people that were working that night about how they felt that night and you'll know what an atmosphere that was and what Anfield is like, you know, mm. whether it be the Sky or BT. I'm not I've watched the BT post-match coverage back a few times, yeah. Yeah. And they all, I was reading the interviews today and all, because it's all over the place. And what they say, the commentators and all talk about how they felt, that was just different, you know. And mm. that's what Liverpool does. No other club does it in the world. There's no mm. one that plays on emotion like Liverpool. And to have Jürgen Klopp there is a double whammy, you know. That's just emotion times a thousand. Yeah, and it that's really what is. Yeah. It really is. Um, we'll be back tomorrow or the next day. We're not too sure yet. Um, but when we come back, it'll be another game of love. Hey, we'll have three players lined up, former Liverpool players, and you will have to um, listen to us decide whether we love or hate them. Uh, how it works is their arrival at the club, their impact at the club, and of course their departure. Um, we'll, me and Keith will most certainly be on. We'll try to get Grizz tomorrow or the next day. We'll work something out when we go off air. If you're watching on Periscope, please share. Please follow us on YouTube or on Twitter. Please share the broadcast on Periscope. If you're watching on YouTube, thanks a million. Go and subscribe. Like this video. Hit the bell icon so as soon as we're going to go live or we schedule anything, you will get a notification and you will know that. Um, it's been a great show. It's been great to look back. and It only feels like yesterday. Um, yeah. But it's it's a year already, and we're closing in on the on the anniversary of of our sixth European Cup as well. So we might do something for that. The football is back in Germany on May the sixteenth. So we're a bit of luck. Um, England follows suit, and we're back um, in some sort of reasonable time because I think we've been um, we've been very good waiting this long so far. I think. Yeah. Grizz, um, thanks a million for joining us. Your sound has been excellent. Your video has been amazing. But overall, money. overall, your chat has been top notch. Spent a lot of money on this, Gav. Thank you. I know. No problem. Uh, Keith, the same to you. Thanks a million, and we'll talk to you very, very soon. Pleasure as always. Thanks for having me. Good stuff. To everybody watching and everybody listening um, when this goes available for download, stay at home, stay safe, and eventually we'll be back watching the Reds before you know it. Over and out. People say treat yourself like you need a reason, but McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee, get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports
Social Podcast Network.